Good afternoon. I am Deb Creer, and thank you for being my friend. You know, it's always fun picking the music for uh, this program because, of course, I had to pick all songs that were about friends because we're Facebook friends, and hopefully we will be if we aren't already. Again, I'm Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with individuals and organizations to show them how to use social media to promote themselves. And I am delighted today to be here with Rachel Merkel. Um, she is the director. Director of Volunteers and Special Events for Families First. She's been there seven years. Um, she is responsible for recruiting and screening volunteers, overseeing Family First's 300-member volunteer guild, which we'll talk a little bit about that. That's a fun organization. And directing the special events. If there's one thing that Rachel understands, it's the need for clear communication and using the right tools to communicate. When Families First made the decision to utilize social media, in particular Facebook, to spread their message, Rachel volunteered. She hopped up and down. She screamed. She did all those things to say, oh, oh, I want to do this because she really recognized that it's an essential component to the marketing efforts of Families First. Rachel's background is in social work, and her previous work experience has been all for the nonprofit sector. She values the contributions nonprofits make to the community and always makes time for her own personal volunteer endeavors. Most recently, Rachel completed a board term with, ooh, I'm not going to say this right at all, WAPA. W- Wapiapi. Wapiapi. <laughs> sorry about that. A nonprofit organization providing programs to families with childhood cancer where she served as president for two years. So thank you very much, Rachel, for being here. Um, I, little disclaimer, I volunteer for Families First. That's how I know about the organization. I did work with them a little bit on how to use social media, but Rachel has taken that ball and just run with it and has done such a phenomenal job with it that that was why I wanted her to uh, talk to us today about the process that Families First goes through, what they think the results are from using social media, why they use social media, and all those various things. But let's start with, you know, what do you do personally on social media? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Well, first, let me say thanks for having Great. me today and giving me the opportunity to talk about Families First and our social media strategies and also want to say thank you to you because you were very instrumental in kind of launching our social media <laughs> endeavors at Families well, First you. and did a great training for our staff. So I'll start with saying thank you to well, you. Well, you're welcome. Um, what was your question? How did you first start getting, start? how did you get your start in social media? And why do you use it? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? I really started using social media through Families First. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't really pursued it personally, um, but recognized the importance of it, I think, for marketing mm-hmm. our organization and what an important tool it was. So when we were looking for someone at our organization to take the lead on that, I stepped up, volunteered, and realized that this was an area that you know I could grow in and the organization Great. could really benefit from. Well, and I find it interesting because, you know, here we're on radio, so you can't see, but Rachel is one of the younger demographics. And so it's funny. I either find that people of that generation love social media or haven't embraced it at all. You know, it's it's kind of the anti, we're not going to do anything. So you you were kind of the, I'm not going to do it a lot, and then you really saw the value in it. I did. Absolutely. And in order to be the administrator for the Families First page, I had to, of course, create my own personal page. Mm-hmm. And I've enjoyed connecting with, you know, friends mm-hmm. and seeing photos of my friends' children and things like that. So um, I think seeing, though, the results we got for Families First really helped mm-hmm. solidify, I think, the importance of right. it. You know, one of the things that people tell me the most about why they don't use social media is time. They think it's going to take so much time. And you and I were talking about this before we started the program today, that you really don't use your personal page all that much. You focus your efforts on families first. That's right. And I think that's key for people to remember is just because they have a personal page doesn't mean they have to really get very involved with it. They need to focus on what their business is doing and why they're doing it for that. So that's a great, aside from anything else, a great time-saving tip. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, you know, Families First really does have a, a good page. You engage a lot. But for me, the key comes from the fact that your executive director is the person who said, this is what's going to happen. Do you find that, and that's uh, Mary Hankman, and, and she um, it obviously bought into this and said you really need to do this. But do you find that she, you know, she really continues that support and, and pushes everybody to participate? Absolutely. Yeah, it's 
definitely a group effort. I think um, the whole management team at Families First mm-hmm. is very supportive of our social media campaign and feeds me ideas of things to post and is always kind of keeping that in the back of their mind when, when something big is happening mm-hmm. or even something small. So it's definitely um, an effort that starts at the top. Great. Let's take a step back and talk about what Families First does. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the organization and, you know, why it will, and then we'll evolve into why that works to promote those messages to, to on social media. But what what is Families First? What do they do? Families First primary goal is the prevention of child abuse and neglect. Um, we also have a treatment program um, to treat young children who have um, fell vic- victim of abuse. So um, our largest program is our family support services. Um, we're providing four different programs to any parent that's willing to ask for help or mm-hmm. any parent who's needing a little extra support. Right. So no income level, it doesn't matter. No, absolutely not. Any parent from any socioeconomic background, any race, any religion, anything. Um, we do this through our family support line. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a line that people can call from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., mm-hmm. seven days a week to talk about parenting concerns, to access resources, to vent, Mm -hmm. really anything revolving around parenting or raising a child. Um, We serve an average of about 4,000 parents through that service a year. Um, And we also offer parent support groups. We use the circle of parents model. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're parent-led and parent-facilitated groups. Um, We also offer parent education classes. We have about six or seven different classes, anything from infant massage, so learning to bond with your baby through mm-hmm. touch, to managing behaviors in your adolescent, so a wide range. And we've got all kinds of different parents taking mm-hmm. our classes and attending our groups. Um, it, you know, parents that um, just come from all sorts of different mm-hmm. backgrounds. Well, and for some, I'd imagine they're like a first-time parent, so and they, mm-hmm. they don't know where to turn for resources. Right. Absolutely, and there's kind of a stigma around parenting, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to um, approach people, you know, friends and, and family, if you've got a concern or a problem mm-hmm. or a question. Sometimes it's easier right. to go somewhere else and ask for help. Well, and I think for a lot of people, it, they think they should know those, especially if they're a first-time parent or, sure. you know, first-time teenager or whatever, you know, they think they should just know those and then if they ask their friends, they get so many different opinions that then it gets very confusing. Right. You know, and, and so it's great to be able to have a resource where they can go, they can phone, they can go to the classes, all those various things. Absolutely. Now, Families First has been um, in operation for 25 years, right? That's right. Yep. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary. So that, you know, that's obviously a great thing to um, for a nonprofit because many nonprofits don't make it that long. What what I like about it is they're a Colorado nonprofit. You know, this is mm-hmm. not a, a subdivision of a much smaller organization. This is the whole organization, and it's been functioning very well for 25 years. That's right. Yeah, we have a great group of supporters, and I, it's absolutely part of the reason that we are successful today. Mm-hmm. Now, why do you think it works to, to use social media to talk about the programs and services that you provide at Families First? I think, you know, we use social media in so many different ways. You know, one one aspect of our program that I haven't talked about is our residential treatment center, which is a home for young abused children. Um, we house up to 10 children age 3 to 12, and they stay with us long term. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a temporary placement, but they stay for an average of 18 months. And we're pretty well known for that program, mm-hmm. while it's definitely our smallest Um we, we have some great success in that program. Mm-hmm. So we use social media a lot to um, keep people updated and informed of mm-hmm. what's going on in that program. That's definitely the emotional tie, I mm-hmm. think, that brings a lot of supporters to our organization. Right. Um, I also think, you know, a lot of research has shown that, you know, the primary age group of, you know, of people using social media is between, like, 18 and 44. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, parenting age. Right. That's when people have young children at home. Mm-hmm. And so if they're online and they're, um, you know, trying to find information, social media is a great avenue to sell our services or to support families um, because that's kind of the age that's mm-hmm. utilizing that. 
Right. Well, and for people to, to see what Families First is doing, they would just go to Facebook, and it's facebook.com slash Families First. Families First CO. CO? Oh, yes, yeah, see? <laughs> because there are, there are other Families First That's organizations right. with the same name and, and somewhat similar missions, but Families First right. CO is the, is the one here in Colorado. So be sure to go like them on Facebook. So it's FamiliesFirst.com. Um, see? I'm just all mixed up on this. The, it's facebook.com slash families first co as in Colorado. You can see there the post that Rachel does. And one of the things that I like about, um, the, the strategy that Rachel has is, um, you go to every different department. So you have something new, you know, virtually every day. I see right. so many businesses and so many nonprofits that post once a month, even, you know, some that post once a week, but then they don't get it when they don't have interaction. You made a very deliberate decision to post once a day, right? That's right. Yes. And and you go to the various departments, and now do they know they just need to expect to see you on Monday because Rachel's going to come ask for information, or are they very used to the fact that now they just give you the information? Well, both. I think a lot of people are used to just feeding the information mm-hmm. when we get it. Um, you know, occasionally, you know, it, well, it's a lot of, of me paying attention to to what's going on and mm-hmm. if I know something's coming up or something has happened I can go to that staff member and um, you know ask for details about that so mm-hmm. we can post it but people are pretty used to me sending out an email saying I need a Facebook post <laughs> so um, they're they're getting really good about just feeding me information mm-hmm. but I really try to post something each week um, from a different area so, like, you know, it's not scheduled, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure every week I'm posting about the children in our treatment okay. center. I'm posting about our support line. Maybe I'm posting about an upcoming fundraising opportunity. We're posting uh, a parenting tip or mm-hmm. a resource, something like that. I think variety is important because then you're reaching different people because mm-hmm. right. everyone's interest is yeah. different. One of the, the tricky things with what you post is the fact that you're dealing with children and mm-hmm. with children who have come from very difficult situations. Mm-hmm. And so you can't post their names. You can't right. really post pictures of them. That's correct. But you've done a really good job about still showing what's going on. Like you're talking about their birthdays mm-hmm. and, and all of those. Do you find that it, that you still get a lot of feedback from that because you're not getting, you know, you're not actually posting, you know, this is little, little Susie's picture, but you, you said, you know, here's here's the birthday, and we really appreciated the support, things like that. So when you're not able to use the specific child, do you find it is still that it still works? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the story that captures people. I mean, the visual of a picture is mm-hmm. always good. It can strengthen that emotional um, tie, but I think people are just excited to, to mm-hmm. hear what's going on. And we try to use pictures when we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't use the children's faces, mm-hmm. but, you know, we can take a picture of their birthday cake mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. And we end up with some good pictures sometimes mm-hmm. where their faces aren't shown mm-hmm. um, so people can actually see well, what's and going on. One of the things that I really like is you don't use stock photography. You know, you're not purchasing a picture of a child and saying, this is somebody that's at our, our treatment center. You know, so you know that the, you know, maybe it's uh, the child's hand or something like that. You know that's actually the child who is there at the treatment center. That's correct. We have used a few pictures um, that are stuck, but we do try to do mm-hmm. real-life pictures um, whenever we can. So I, if we have a really cute picture that we posted this summer of the kids. They had a watermelon eating contest, ah. and so we just had them, you know, face in the opposite direction mm-hmm. and hold up their watermelon rinds, and so you could actually see the kids after they had Very you know, cool, very activity. cool. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, social media in general, how it can pertain to nonprofits, and, and again, specific things as to, to families first. Boy, you've got a friend in me Yeah, you've 
I'm Deb Creer. Um, I am here today with Rachel Mer- Merkel. Sorry about that. Rachel Merkel of Families First. We're talking about how nonprofits can use social media to promote their messages, to do fundraising, to get volunteers, all those various things. I just printed up a copy of the nonprofit social network survey for 2011. So it's, you know, almost 2012. So it's almost out of date information, but it's amazing to me how many nonprofits are using social media. According to this survey, nine of 10, and they interviewed 11,000 nonprofits. So they got a pretty good response rate on this survey. So nine of 10 nonprofits report having a presence on Facebook in 2011. I go and I look at some of the pages, though, and I see that they post every once in a while. And and in the last session, we were talking about the fact that you try to post every day. That does get to be a challenge, but as you mentioned, you it's just kind of habit now. You know, gee, I have to go and do this, and it's just something that, that you find valuable. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I just carve out time every morning when I get to the office and put in my Facebook post. Cool. So I was looking at your your most recent post from earlier today, and this is a great example of, you know, how a nonprofit can use social media. Because one of the the things that they talk to me about when nonprofits are confused, they say, what do we post about? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't always want to just ask for money. We can't always just ask. We can't always just ask. Now, people expect to be asked by a nonprofit. I mean, you know, that's just their, they they know that they're going to be asked for money, time, all those various things. But you have a real good mix. And so today's post says, do you need help at the holidays or know someone who does? Call our family support line for resources and ideas. We're here to help. And then you give the number of 1-800-CHILDREN. What's really cool is you also have a graphic um, because studies have shown more and more that people respond to seeing the graphic image. So the graphic image has a little bit about the helpline. It has the phone number. Obviously, it has the logo of the organization. So it catches people's attention. To me, that's very important because there are so many posts that are going across the the news feeds and all of those that you tend to stop and look at a picture more often. Mm -hmm. Do you try and use pictures as often as you can or or some type of graphic image? Yeah, absolutely. I found that people tend to like the post more, comment, and even share it more if there's a photograph that goes with it. And speaking Mm -hmm. of sharing, the photograph is what makes it shareable. Correct. So I can see it on my news feed, and then I can hit share. If I don't put anything, that's fine. But I can then also say, hey, this is a great organization. You know, they they need volunteers. Here's this phone number for their helpline, all of those various things. And I find on social media that we all regress back to about eighth grade. You know, it's, it, we are, you know, who, who we associate with all of those various things. But more importantly, we want to do what the cool kids do. And of course, we all like to think that all of our friends are the cool kids. So when we, when we share those posts, we're encouraging our friends to also support that organization. And, and I do that all the time. You know, somebody will share a picture with me. I will at least click on the organization link to see what it is. Because I want to see why my friend thinks it's an important enough organization to support. So I'm, I'm gathering that you encourage people to share those images. Do you find it happens a lot that they share the posts? You know, I wouldn't say a lot. I think that's something we're really trying to get people to do more often, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to... Um, how to get people to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. I think that's where the power of social media mm-hmm. comes in is if we can get people to share it right. and they can share it and other people are mm-hmm. seeing that. So your reach grows. So I would say we have someone sharing a post of ours um, probably several times a week. Mm-hmm. Probably not every post, but... Right. Um, well, it's funny. Them. One of the easiest ways to get them to share is to tell them, you know, be share sure this. to share this post. <laughs> right. And, and, and I'm not quite sure why that phenomenon exists. You know... It, 
I tell people click the link and they click the link. If I just say here's just tell what we're what doing, do. then you know, and and mm-hmm. and sometimes I have to be very specific. Click the link, then go here, then go here. So the easier I make it for people, mm-hmm. the the more likely it mm-hmm. is you know that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you get you know you you obviously get lots of posts from the other departments? Do you have some of the the departments that just really are going, oh, Rachel, Rachel, we have to post this today, so you have to post extra? I mean, do you ever think, okay, I can only post once a day, or will you post multiple times? Um, we've posted multiple times. Um, it doesn't happen a lot. Mm-hmm. I think in most cases it's something like, oh, great, we can post that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If it has been time sensitive, mm-hmm. I've, we've absolutely done more than one post. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try to keep it to one um, we don't want to be, you know, posting so much that someone thinks, right. oh, gosh, mm-hmm. I'm going to block this. I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to hear about, you know, anything else that's going on over there. And I think some nonprofits do overuse it mm-hmm. a little bit. I can tell in our news feed, our mm-hmm. Families First, um, some organizations keep popping up, popping up, popping up, and you're a little less likely to read all of mm-hmm. them. So I think being consistent but yet not overusing mm-hmm. it's important. Well, and Facebook is making lots of changes. They always make lots of changes. But one of the more recent things they did was they created that ticker where, yes. you know, there's just kind of the running story of things that are, is going on. I find that I watch my ticker more than I look at my news feed, partially because the ticker gives you more information. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. telling everything that everybody does. So one of the keys is to get in that ticker more often. And, you know, so here's a little tip for you guys back at Families First. Since, mm-hmm. since all of your staff like the page, I yes, think they, they should. Do. Hmm. Yes, they, they don't. Better. Okay, they do. <laughs> if each one of them individually just does anything like just click like or something on the post, it refeeds that back into the ticker again. Mm-hmm. So that's a good way to get that impression, um, all of those images up. Plus, they're talking, you know, they're, it's going out to their friends. So you're increasing that, that exposure that you're getting with your feeds. But, you know, it's, it's a real good way to make sure that that's going back in the mm-hmm. post. Mm-hmm. So even, you know, log back, log out, go in as yourself and click, you know, I comment, do, do all those. All the time. <laughs> I always see that. And, and it does. It gets it back mm-hmm. in the, the feed for people so they see it. So, you know, give it a little bit, you know, wait an hour, wait a couple of hours, you know, all those various things. Speaking of time, do you find that people respond more in the morning to your posts, afternoon, all those various things? Morning. Absolutely. Ah. Yeah, I have found that. If I post in the afternoon, we get a lot less feedback. Hmm. I think there's probably people like me who – log in in the morning, kind of see what's going on, and get on with their day mm-hmm. and don't necessarily check back. Um, so I think morning is mm-hmm. is the ideal right. time for us. Do you post on weekends? And I know I shouldn't ask that because you don't work on weekends, but, you know, sometimes you might post on weekends. Yeah, absolutely. We do post. Um, we'll use um, programs like Hootsuite okay. to kind of schedule some posts. Mm-hmm. Try not to do that too much. We mm-hmm. kind of want to be a live person posting mm-hmm. something. But, yeah, we'll do some things on the weekends. Probably not as consistent. Cool. But well, and, and having that live person that you just mentioned, I think is so important because people realize very quickly, you know, and, and scheduling is, it's a great tool to be able to use it, but people also realize that's not the real person there right. all the time. And, you know, so the, the nice thing is if they know, okay, Families First is going to post in the morning, then they're going to watch for those. They know that it's probably you. You know, mm-hmm. if they're f- mm-hmm. if they're familiar with the organization, they they realize that it's you as opposed to another volunteer who's there or another staff person. So you know, it's 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 really good to have that mixture. And I think that's where organizations get confused. Also, is they think they either should do everything scheduled because they don't have a lot of time. So they might go in on Mondays and just schedule all their posts, and then they don't look at it again until Monday, which is not good because what if somebody asked a question, they needed feedback. Um, and you do monitor the page, right? You you watch to make sure if somebody has a comment, you know, maybe they asked a question, you can respond. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of our goals with social media is to really um, build community and strengthen our relationships mm-hmm. with our constituents. And so the way you do that is, you know, if someone were to comment, maybe comment back mm-hmm. or like what they're saying and, you know, going to, um, you know, other agency and our partners' pages and, Commenting on what they're mm-hmm. doing and, you know, kind of being involved with right. their um, networking campaigns. So I think that's that's one of the important pieces of social media mm-hmm. is that relationship building. It's it's definitely about building the relationships. You know, and, and relationships are two-way communication. It's not mm-hmm. just posting and never responding. That's right. You know, one of my pet peeves is when I post on somebody's page and they don't respond. Right. 
You and, and it especially bothers me when it's a business page and I have posted on their page, hello, I want to spend money with you. And they don't <laughs> respond. Yeah. You know, that just drives me nuts. It would be the same as if I walked in and nobody greeted me at that's their right. door or they didn't respond to an email or something mm-hmm. like that. So that's where it's nice that it's for the most part just you that, that does this. You know, so you've got that consistent message. Right. You know, you do get to go on vacation and things like that and, and the, the posts still carry on without you, but you've, probably directed it and said you know here's here's what might happen and you know maybe scheduled some of them in advance but they do know that when they comment it's a person who's going to respond right yep now one of the organizations that um, you also support is friends and it's a, a volunteer organization for families first Talk to me about how you might use social media different with them. Well, at first, tell us what Friends is, and then talk about how you might uh, use social media different because of that organization. Okay. Friends for Families First is uh, a volunteer guild that supports the efforts of Families First. So their primary goals are to raise awareness mm-hmm. of our organization, to educate um, their membership in the community, um, and to raise funds. So they are responsible for three major fundraising events um, throughout the year, mm-hmm. a golf tournament, a gala, and they have a piggy bank um, program called the Drive for Community Change. So that wraps up with an event called the Country Fair in the middle of the summer. So they are very active in supporting our organization. Mm-hmm. They purchase birthday gifts for the children, um, provide new school clothing and school supplies or anything we need at the holidays. Um, just a very supportive group of people. Um, and really... The way we kind of plug them in with social media is in recognition. I think um, a lot of them are fans of Families First, and it's a really good tool for us to be able to thank them for all that they do. Um, And not just our friends volunteers, but even our program volunteers who are working on the support line or running our children's groups. Um, We, you know, we really value all of their contributions. So being able to say thanks in Mm -hmm. a kind of public platform, I think... Um, goes a long way. Great. You and, and I'm looking here at, at one of your posts that you do thank somebody. You said, we are thankful for the friends, volunteers, who are providing Thanksgiving dinner for the children and staff. Thanks to Martha Gretchen, Nancy, Kristen, Susan, and Yolanda, the kids are looking forward to a delicious Thanksgiving meal. So, you know, that it, it is a great way to publicly thank somebody. You didn't, you know, you didn't mention their last names, which that's okay. You know, that's perfectly acceptable. Sometimes I, I know that you do, you know, if they mm-hmm. might be, you mm-hmm. know, and, and obviously it depends on, on why they volunteered and, right. and all those various things. And, and so, but it does give away because then if somebody thinks, ooh, my name is on that page, they're going to go and they're going to look there. But again, it comes back to the cool kid things. It's like, oh, these people volunteered there. Right. I should volunteer mm-hmm. there too. Right. Yeah. Do you find that you get some, you know, I, I know that you use a variety of tools to, to get your volunteers. Do you get volunteers through social media? Do you find that people are responding to that? We have posted multiple times about our volunteer needs and have had people share it and, and like it. Um, so I definitely think the message is getting out. Um, most of our volunteer recruitment efforts do happen through the Internet, mm-hmm. um, through um, recruitment tools like Volunteer Match. Um, so not so much through um, social media, mm-hmm. but I do think our supporters are really good about promoting what our needs are. Mm-hmm. So I do think the message is getting out, which I think is an important piece in that recruitment. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, it's it's just, it, like you said, it's just a piece. It's just part of what you're talking about. Right. So you do have a good mix of your posts. You, you do the thanks. You talk about what's going on with the kids. You... Um, post uh, one of the ones that I loved was a post that you did last winter where it was a snow day mm-hmm. and you went in and you posted you know hey parents all of a sudden stuck with your kids at home here are some suggestions as to what you could do I shared that and then I that one got multiple shares because people were just like oh you know what do we do with these kids I thought that was a great example of taking something that was timely and immediately posting about it so you know again it shows that you are very active on the page you know what's going on and and you're constantly looking at ways that you can do posts that that are relevant to the people you you that follow you on the page yeah absolutely I think that's what makes your site engaging and interesting mm-hmm. and people want to come back and visit if it's relevant information great 
Well, I think we're ready to take another quick break. So we'll take a break and then come back and talk um, about more ways that nonprofits can use social media to promote themselves and what they do. Sure would help a lot Wouldn't you like to get away All those nights when you've got no lights The check is in the mail And your little angel hung the cat up by its tail And your third fiancé didn't show Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You want to be where you can see Our troubles are all the same You want to be where everybody knows your name Roll out of bed, Mr. Coffee's dead The morning's looking bright your shrink ran off to Europe and didn't even write And your husband wants to be a girl Be glad there's one place in the world where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You want to go where people know People are all the same You want to go Everybody knows your So here we are where everybody does know your name, at least on social media. It's really funny. You know, we all connect and we do all of those things. And hopefully everybody knows my name. I'm Deb Creer. I'm the socialite and I am passionate about working with individuals and organizations to show them how to use social media to promote themselves and their businesses, or in this case, their nonprofit organization, because I am joined today by Rachel Merkel of Families First. And we've been talking about how to use social media to reach out to people. But let's talk about kind of the reverse, how people connected with you because of social media. Um, you know, you were mentioning during the break to me that you've had former residents who have gone to the family's first page and then posted. Talk to us a little bit about that. To me, that's very interesting because, you know, the, the kids, especially who are in the treatment centers, they're not there for a good reason. They're, well, they're in the treatment center to, to get help, and they've gotten fabulous help. So, you know, things like that. But it might not always be, um, you know, a, a pleasant part of their past might be the, the best way to talk about that. But they were at Families First. They got the help that they needed. They went to their forever families, um, all of those various things. But then they come back to you, and they start posting on the page. What do you see when you see those posts? I think it's a real testament to the program. I think it's... It's difficult sometimes for us to know what impact we have on these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in our care for a year to two years. They um, get adopted, and, you know, we hope they, you know, live a long, happy um, life. Mm-hmm. Um, so for residents to come back and connect with us and check in and, and say thanks or share a memory with us really um, is a testament to um, the good work that we're doing in that program. Right. It's it's great. You posted a picture on the page um, earlier this week or last week. Um, uh, uh, it's a picture of a former resident, and she's 15 now, and so she is now with her forever home, and she just uh, celebrated her quinceanera. Mm-hmm. And so it's a picture of her, and she's very pretty in her very pretty dress. So this was very cool that she has stayed in touch with you. Obviously, her family said, you know, let's send this picture. Do you see that happening? You know, you only have 10 residents at a time, so it's not that you're dealing with huge numbers. But do you find a lot of your former residents and the, the families that they've gone to reaching back to you fairly often? Yeah, I would say it does happen fairly often. I think a lot of the adoptive parents are really grateful Mm -hmm. um, for the work that we've done with their child and helping in the transition, and they're really good about keeping in touch with us and sending updates and photos and um, 
we love hearing from them. I think for the kids, really, the kids that reach out on their own um, tend to be adults. They're kids that are their, um, you know, people ha- who have um, are out on their own and you know, kind of reflecting on their own life and mm-hmm. looking, you know, looking back and and saying, "Wow, this was a part of my life," and you know, I'm grateful for them because they, you know, helped me transition to my forever family. We had one. Um, woman who, if I could read this, if that's okay, sure. um, posted on our wall. She said, I just wanted to say thank you. I know all the staff has changed, but I lived there when I was seven with my brother who was three, and we have fond memories. I just thought I'd say thank you for all you did for both of us. You helped keep us together and build a better foundation to our life. We went from families first to a wonderful family who adopted us both. Thanks for all you do. See, to me, that's just a great post because you know, clearly it shows that you're doing very good work, but it also makes it real. You know, when somebody goes to your wall and sees that, you're not tooting your own horn, which, you know, that's what nonprofits are supposed to do. They're supposed to be saying, this is what we do, all those various things. But when you have a former resident who says that, it just makes it so powerful. Now, do you find that, you know, that they do tend to, you know, once they kind of reconnect, they really reconnect and, and watch a lot, or is it just kind of hit and miss sometimes? just depends on the person. I mean, we had another young woman who connected through Facebook who's gotten very actively involved. Um, She's a mom now of two small children, and she donates, um, like, clothing that her children have grown out of and, you know, has volunteered to get birthday gifts. Mm -hmm. And I think she even brought or is planning to bring a dish for Christmas dinner. So, um, you know, it's important for her to give back. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. It depends on the situation and the type of experience you know, the, the person had and where they're at in their life. I think we've seen both, mm-hmm. both ways. Well, and what I find interesting is that, you know, they're, they're not calling you and saying, gee, this is this great experience and, and here's what happened. Do you think it's because the Facebook page makes it kind of safe for yeah, them to respond? I do. I think it's very safe and it's, you know, it's a friendly way that they can just reach out and say what they need to, but they don't have to emotionally invest, mm-hmm. you know, back into that. Um, situation or that circumstance again. So, right. Yeah. Well, and, and as you said, you know, for some people, they do get very involved. You know, I, I heard that young woman speak, and her time at Families First, it definitely molded who she is today. She had come from a very rough situation and, you know, turned everything around. And the fact that now she comes back and volunteers is just huge. I mean, to me, that really shows what a great organization it is. You know, because so many people, you know, whatever the organization is, whether, you know, you've, you've been involved with some organization because of an illness or, you know, it's, um, say, an animal shelter or something, you do tend to kind of get involved for a little bit and then you move on to the next thing. As your interests change, and to see that people stay engaged with Families First, I think is one of the very cool things. Yeah, absolutely. We've got we have volunteers and staff both that have been involved with Families First for 20, 20, 25 yeah. years. The yeah. executive director, twenty five years. Yeah. She hasn't been the executive director that long. She's moved <laughs> up through the ranks. That's right. But yeah, Mary definitely is somebody who has a passion for the organization, and the nice thing is she has a passion for social media, <laughs> so she makes sure that this happens. You know, we've been talking a lot about Facebook, and let's kind of uh, digress just for a moment and talk about other social media. Twitter is very big if for some social, for some nonprofit organizations. Uh, looking again at this nonprofit social network survey, according to them, 57% of nonprofits are involved on Twitter. I find that interesting because Twitter is, you know, kind of a different type of, mm-hmm. of social media. You're not really actively involving with someone. It is more you're just kind of putting out the message, hoping it gets retweeted, all of those various things. So we've talked about, you know, families first using Twitter and kind of decided maybe not so much because, and I think that's primarily because you want more of the very personal relationship that you get on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. That is the reason I think we, uh, you know, focus our efforts on mm-hmm. Facebook is because it's about that building that community and those relationships and, um, you know, really allowing people to engage with us. Mm-hmm. One of the the things, one of the other social media platforms that a lot of nonprofits use is YouTube. It would probably be a little bit more difficult for you guys to use YouTube because you can't really show the kids. But have you posted videos and things? I know you've you've done videos of volunteers and testimonials, things like that. Do you post those and then post links? No, we haven't. But (gasps) 
Um, you as should. You as, should. <laughs> as we wrap up our 25th anniversary, we are going to post a video. Um, we interviewed a bunch of past supporters and current supporters and um, created a video to commemorate our 25th anniversary, and we will be posting that at the end of the year. So. That will be our first YouTube. Nice. YouTube posts. Nice, so. nice. Yeah, it does make it difficult because you can't really do videos of, of what you're doing. Unless they were promotional mm-hmm. videos just about the organization. Right. right. But yeah. you can't go over and show the kids. Now, right. I suppose you could show some of the parenting classes, but I'm not really sure that's YouTube material. Right. You know, it's, it's not, really... yeah, not, not all that interesting. Well, it's interesting, but not, not engaging maybe would be the, the word to use for it. Yeah, I would agree with that. So yeah. you're going to continue your focus with Facebook. Yep. Do you see changing anything on it? You know, posting more often, posting something different. What are your plans for 2012 with Facebook? You know, we really want to grow our followers, our likes, um, just so that we can have a greater reach out into the community. And so that's kind of been our focus. Um, You know, a couple months ago, we kind of set a goal, um, you know, to reach a certain number of, of likes by the end of the year. So that's definitely our focus for now. Um, and there's other ways I think we want to change and grow the page, um, adding some apps and different things like that. Mm-hmm. That um, you, know, you know, whether it be a donate now app or you know having a a really catching landing page. Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely ways we want to grow it, um, expand it, but also maintain I think the quality of posting and right. stuff that we've that we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and if people want to go like the page, which we hope they will, it's facebook.com slash Families First CO. So Families First Colorado. So Families First CO. It's funny. In this survey, it also talks about how many uh, average people like, the average number of people like the page. Uh, and so, again, this was a survey of 11,000 nonprofits. And this was surprising. So in 2009, the average number was um, about 2,400. So that's quite a bit. Then it jumped. The average community size in 2011 on Facebook is almost 6,500. So we got a long ways to go on Families First. We yes, need to we do. really promote that more. <laughs> but that really did surprise me. I and and I don't know. You know, it, it talks in this survey about the fact that those are some of the the very large organizations, the American Cancer Societies, sure, things like that. Organizations. But you know, I think it is a tool to really be able to reach so many people. I'm wondering if maybe the the numbers here are down a little bit just because it is simply a Colorado-based organization as opposed to a national organization. Do you, you know, how do you promote that people should like your page? Because that's key. You have to tell people, hello, like our page. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think, you know, a lot of it's word of mouth. You know, we do little things like having, you know, like our page and our email signatures and putting it in our e-newsletter, um, I know we've got cards that we, you know, can send around to volunteers and different things like that. But we really rely on people, word of mouth, and people helping us spread that message. Um, any tips you have beyond that, I would greatly take. <laughs> yeah, I think putting it in the signature line is great because, you know, anytime you're sending an email to somebody, it makes it very easy for them to click on it. I've seen that in, in the signatures. You just have to keep promoting it and keep promoting it and keep promoting it. One of the other things is to tell the people on the page, please tell your friends to come and like our page and give them the link so that then they can do that. Tell your own personal friends. You know, just because they're not in Colorado doesn't mean they're not somebody who could find value in it. Um, you know, it's it's funny. I was, uh, I, I obviously will, uh, I'm connected with people all around the world and, you know, people have different philosophies. Should they only connect with people very close, you know, depending on what their product or service is, all those various things? My philosophy is you never know who someone else is connected to. Just because it might be, you know, somebody in Pennsylvania that I'm connected to doesn't mean they're not connected to somebody back here in Denver who might be a very good contact, either as a volunteer, a donor, you know, all those various things. So that's why you want to tell everybody you can connect with us, like us, go see our page. Um, and I'll be honest, I haven't, you know, told people enough to go like the family's first page. And as a volunteer there, I'm bad. You know, I should be doing that. But that is a great way. And just, you know, and again, you have to tell people, you know, remind your volunteers, mm-hmm. tell people to go like our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. It really is amazing to me just how big Facebook is, you know, because it, it's still a relatively new creature. 
you know, they, they didn't found it all that long ago. It's not even 10 years old. And now, you know, the next metric that they will be promoting will be that they have 1 billion active users. They're at 800 million right now. So it is difficult to not find somebody that, that is a good connection with that. So when I see ads and things anymore, I've started keeping track. And the number of ads, whether it's TV, newspaper, or whatever, that don't talk about Facebook is is getting to be a very small number. You know, even just six months ago, you didn't see the, the at least the Facebook logo or the Twitter logo to to indicate that people should go watch that. So you know, it's it's great that you're promoting that, but it should be on you know really put it on everything. Even if it's just a little Facebook logo, that'll trigger somebody. Oops, you know, we have to go in and look for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. Like you said, the reach that that Facebook can have. Um, you know, Facebook has the really neat thing, insights. Mm-hmm. They can tell you, you know, who's liking your page and how much feedback are you getting and how much reach are you mm-hmm. having. And um, even with the small number of likes that we have, I, I looked this morning and in the last 60 days, I think our reach was up to 1,200 people. Nice. So even with, you know, we have, you know, close to a little less than 400 mm-hmm. likes right now, um, your reach is so much greater than that, mm-hmm. which is one of the just amazing things I think about. Facebook and any social media. Right. Yeah. Well, and the the nice thing about the insights, it gives you the, the demographics. So you can see, okay, you know, are we looking at, you know, if, if all of the people who liked your page were men over 70, well, that might not exactly be your target audience. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and more than likely it's going to be women. Um, it, and it's probably women in what age range, you know? Well, I looked at that too, and um, 44% of our likes are um between the ages of 25 and 44. Right, which means you have exactly targeted the demographic you wanted. Exactly. You know, and, and insights, if you have a business page or a page for you know a nonprofit, you really need to be looking at those insights. Because if your message is going out there and just floating away into Never Never Land, that's not good. If you're not reaching the right people, that's also not good. Um, it's interesting. I always look at my demographics on LinkedIn because you can mm-hmm. look and see who you're connected with. And for some reason, and I have no idea why, but my, my majority of people I'm connected with on LinkedIn are in Denver, which that makes sense. The second most high number or the second most connections that I'm connected with on LinkedIn are people in New York. Hmm. I have no idea why. That's just kind of some strange thing that, you know, is, is there. But on LinkedIn, it also tells you their industries. So that's kind of a fun thing to, to be looking at is, you know, I'm, I'm in X industry and the majority of people that I'm connected with are not in that industry. Well, maybe I'm not connected right. So from a personal standpoint, people should be checking those. But again, it, it, businesses really do need to look at those. They need to see what their reach is, all of those various things to make sure that they are hitting the right people. Do you look to see which posts tend to be more popular? Yeah. Yeah, I have looked at that, and it's typically the posts um, about our children and residents. Anytime we do any sort of update, even if it's, um, you know, Samantha brought home an A on her spelling test, something that simple, Mm -hmm. or to something big, like one of our children's leaving, you know, for adoption this week. Any post we we write about the children, we tend to get a lot of feedback. Mm -hmm. I think people connect to that emotional part of it, and they can really, you know, see hands-on what we're doing great well we're ready for another break and when we come back let's talk about the one other thing that nonprofits do and that's fundraising and how you can use social media to raise funds for your organization sounds great
So why can't we be friends? Follow me on Facebook. I'm at facebook.com slash Deb Creer, the socialite. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. So connect with me. But we really want you to connect today with two things. The first is milehighradio.com because we are having a contest. So become a Facebook fan of Mile High Radio on Facebook. Post up to three positive comments per day. Or, and or, follow at Mile High Radio on Twitter and we'll follow you back and then send us a chat during one of the live shows. Every Facebook fan and Twitter follower will receive one entry. You'll also be awarded an additional entry for every positive post that you put on Facebook, as well as for every time you chat in during a show, once per show, and for every time you retweet one of our tweets. Tweets! Whoa! That's a lot of times that you can enter. Um, but it's very simple, obviously. We will be doing, um, this is effective until the end of December, December 29th. We have a lot of awesome prizes that we'll be giving out, but we don't have that set yet. So just stay tuned and we will make sure that you get that information. But again, that's Mile High Radio and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, of course you have to post positive comments about my show, but make sure you post positive comments about all of our shows because they are very fabulous shows and all of our hosts are great. The other page we really want you to follow is Families First, and so it's facebook.com slash familiesfirstco. So let's talk now. I'm here with Rachel Merkel, and we're going to talk about how nonprofits use social media for fundraising. And it's funny, in my research, I found that for the most part, that is one of the lesser used reasons of social media. You know, their nonprofits really aren't... It's, sending posts with their hands out saying, gimme, gimme, gimme. Right. They are using it, but not to a very large degree. Do you, and, and I've noticed that you guys really don't do that much at Families First either. You talk that's, more about your programs and services. That's right, yeah. I mean, we use it as a as a mechanism to inform people of giving opportunities, but yeah, we've never done a direct mm-hmm. ask on social media. Is that a conscious decision? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Because we feel like it's really a tool to just build relationships okay. and inform people about what we're doing and, and you know, allow them to um, understand our message mm-hmm. in a real way. Cool. Um, we feel like you've got to build that relationship and that trust right. before you can ask mm-hmm. for anything. Well, and once people understand what you are and what you do, I mean, they know you're a nonprofit. So it's kind of a, a gimme that they should also know that, that they can donate. And they can do that by just going to your website, right? Absolutely. And what's the website address? It's www.familiesfirstcolorado.org. Cool, cool. Now, speaking of giving, there's a great opportunity, and this is actually for many nonprofits here in Colorado coming up. It's uh, Colorado Gives Day, which is December 6th. The cool thing about this is you can give to Families First this way, but you can also give to a lot of other nonprofit organizations. What I like about this is um, uh, the sponsor is First Bank. So when you donate to the various nonprofit organizations by going to givingfirst.org, there uh, aren't going to be any transaction fees because uh, the bank is taking care of that. First Bank is taking care of that. There's also an additional fund that they will be giving out so the nonprofits get 100% of what comes in, which makes it really nice. Yes. They've also made this very easy for social sharing because when you give, my understanding is that then you can promote that on your own personal social media sites. So are you telling people how to do that with Families First? Will, you know, putting it, will we be getting that information out there, you know, maybe putting it on the website, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've posted about it a couple of times on our Facebook page, and we're going to be promoting it a few times this week, kind of leading up to mm-hmm. December 6th, which is the which is the day. Um, and you can also, what's interesting is schedule um, a payment for December 6th. So, ah, so you could go right so now. So you could go right now, absolutely, and schedule that to come out on the 6th so you don't have to worry about um, you know, doing it on that day. So we're definitely going to be informing people through Facebook, and we're doing a, an e-newsletter. I'm just letting people know mm-hmm. the different ways that they can Great. They can give. Well, and you know, this comes back to the cool kids thing that I was talking about earlier. If I donate to an organization, 
I would hope that other people that I'm connected with would think, well, why does Deb think this is a good organization? I value her. I trust her opinion. So I'm going to go check that out too. So that's why it's very important for people who donate to share this information on their sites. Yeah, let people know. Let people know the organizations that you're giving to and even why. Why, you know, Mm -hmm. you're passionate about that cause. Yeah, and, and it's it's funny because we all we all know that nonprofits are going to ask for something, you know, time, money, all those various things. But as you mentioned, they don't do it as much through their social media sites. Um, I think the biggest one that really gets a lot of money is the Lance Armstrong Live Strong um, Foundation. They get a, a good portion of their funds through social media, but they also have a full-time person dedicated to that. That's all that person does is social media. So they're going to be one of the organizations that is sending out more than one post a day. And But they also are very active in asking, and they have discovered when they say, please give, they get that, you know, that response. But I think it's important, as you mentioned, not to do it very often. Um, you know, I tell people, you know, maybe you're using uh, Facebook as a, a business tool. I do a mix of what I call my personal preference is 70-30. 70% of the posts on my Facebook fan page are simply informational resource type of posts. And then, you know, three of every 10 or 30% are more along the lines of this is what I do. You know, you can hire me to, to help you do that too. Sometimes it's not even that high. Sometimes, you know, I do that maybe once in every 10 posts. And I find that people like that because... I'm not standing there with my hand out. I'm not being the used car salesman. And I think probably nonprofits feel the same way. You know, they know that people expect that you're going to be asked for money, but if you ask too much, it gets annoying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think the one way we really use it is um, by promoting any uh, sort of campaign we have going out in the community. For instance, Tagawa Gardens mm-hmm. did a month-long um, campaign where a portion of their proceeds were donated to Families First. Same with um, Natural Grocers. Um, by Vitamin Cottage. Mm-hmm. So I think instead of, you know, c- kind of giving people the opportunity to give through different avenues versus just right asking directly. Well, and that is a great way to get your sponsor names out there. You know, you were talking about natural grocers, about Tagawa Gardens, all of those various things. So that's that's another benefit to those organizations for sponsoring you is they're getting their name out to the yeah. people who follow you on Families First. Um, I know I definitely use the coupon and shared it on my page, had other people that said they used it. So it made it, it's, it was a very easy method to be able to get that out there. Um, one of the, the misperceptions that people have is that, you know, social media is free. It's not. It still takes your time. It takes your energy, all of those various things. So the more you can get other people to do it, the better that is. Um, You know, you want to make sure, obviously, that they're sending the right message out. You know, like with Giving First Day, you know, it would be great if they only gave to Families First. (laughs) But, you know, they can give to, I forget how many thousands of organizations are affiliated with the the program, but they're all Colorado nonprofits, and it's it's a great thing. Um, But as Rachel mentioned, you can go now, so that way you don't have to remember to do it on December 6th. Schedule your your, uh, donation for them, so it's just givingfirst.org. And and be sure to tell your friends, you know, on your Facebook page, your Twitter account, LinkedIn, all those various things about the organizations that you support and why you support them. Um, you know, and and you know, it's it, it comes back to what the name of the tool is. It's social media. Nonprofits are social by nature. You know, that's that's how they get their message out. That's how they get their volunteers, get their donations, all those various things. So that's why nonprofits really need to be using these tools, and it's great to see Families First doing that. Yeah, and we rely. We rely on our supporters and donors and volunteers mm-hmm. to help us spread that message, and this is a great great way to do that. Great. Would you have any tips for nonprofits that are maybe thinking about starting out in doing social media? You know, I would say make sure that your posts are compelling, that um, you're you're creating an emotional connection, and you're focusing on building a relationship. I think that's the most powerful way you can use social media. Right. And let's emphasize that again. Build that relationship. You can't ask for anything until people know, like, and trust you. That's right. And they're going to get that information from your posts. So maybe it's your posts or it's somebody posting a testimonial, all of those various things. But it is being very actively engaged in social media. That's right. Cool. Well, with that, I think we are just about at 
2 o'clock. We've been on the air for an hour. As always, we could not do this at all in any way without our fabulous engineer, Scott. So everybody wave at Scott. Say thank you, Scott. He waves back at us. Um, we will be back next week. I don't have my uh, guest scheduled yet, so we'll be promoting that very quickly as to who that will be. But tune in next time, and we will talk more about social media. Thanks, and connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You're listening to Mile High Radio. MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.